I hope you're ready. I beat bitches up. I will smack his head and eat it. Hey, brother, stop! Audacity? Congratulations, you're not on the bakery. I will cut you with words. Too much, too little, nothing's right for you all. There we go. Hello and welcome to another episode of War of the Words podcast. I'm your host, Angel Cake, and... This is going to be a very fun episode. I have a couple of guests with me that are going to join me later on in the show. We have a fun, fun topic to go over. But first, I want to get through some of the news and notes from around the Challenge universe. Uh, There's not a whole lot, but there is some stuff to talk about. So we'll start off talking about updates for the Challenge CBS. There is an update with Nicole Franzel. Uh, I mentioned last week that she was approached or was a possibility to be on the Challenge CBS. She was doing a video on her Instagram where she declined that she is not going to be doing the Challenge CBS. So the only Nicole that is left standing as a possibility is Nicole Anthony from Big Brother 21 and 22. Then we had the names of Jessica and Cody Nixon kind of floating out there, possibly going to be asked, possibly going to be on the show. However, this past week... Jessica Nixon, or you may know as Jessica Graff from Big Brother 19, uh, they announced that they are having another baby. So she is pregnant, which, I mean, we've seen in the past for the challenge that being pregnant doesn't really stop them from putting you on their show, but... Jessica is pregnant. She will not be on. Now, Cody's name is still floating out there as a possibility, but I just don't know if he would be going out for the show with a pregnant wife at home. So despite having little to no new information, Pink Rose posted a whole slate of what's to come or what's in production or coming very soon. And on the list, it says that the Challenge CBS is filming really soon. One of the guests on today, Chris from The Nullified Take, mentioned that he heard that the cast was already sent out to Argentina, the location for filming the Challenge CBS, that the cast has already departed and is in quarantine as we speak. So if that's the case, this has been really hush-hush, in my opinion. Like, we have nothing. We have, like, 10 people on this cast. Unless this is, like, 10 to 12 people, which it could be, I just doubt it because they really want to hype up this and make it go for what I would think, like, maybe two months in the summer. So to hear how little information that we have on the Challenge CBS uh, about the competitors that are on there and if they have departed and are in quarantine and it's filming really soon, then this production team is way better at like being able to suppress spoilers because I just feel like it's so far from being like a real thing for the information that we're given, but there must be so much more that we're not known to or privy to. So let's go through the rest of the Vevmo post where we have the Challenge 38 having Zoom meetings with rookies from all over the world as well as CBS contestants. Also, they sent availability calls to the vets a few weeks ago. Still on schedule for departure to be late May, which means nothing will be set in stone until late April slash early May when final calls go out. So... It seems like everything is right as rain 
and going on schedule for the Challenge 38. I mean, we still have a couple of months going, um, but it looks like everybody is just like kicking it into another gear. If the Challenge CBS is ready to be filming really soon, and now the Challenge 38 is still on schedule for late May, I, th I guess just everybody's picking it up to get everything on schedule. I think me, along with a lot of other audience members are going to be waiting on pins and needles, waiting to hear the rumored cast and who departed out to film the Challenge 38. One news that I'm excited to see on this schedule is X on the Beach Season 5, US of course, got a premiere date. Finally! It's going to be premiering end of March, March 31st. This was a wild ride for this X on the Beach season to get to this point because this filmed last summer this filmed from july to august of 2021 and they've been just sitting on this for almost a year there was a lot of speculations on when can we get this x on the beach season what's happening with it where where is it where why can't we watch it now where what's gonna happen is it gonna just be scrapped is it going to be a Paramount Plus exclusive? Like, what's happening? Um, come to find out, it's coming. It's coming March 31st. This Hotel on the Beach I'm very excited for because it has Devon from Big Brother and The Challenge, Jamar from Big Brother Canada 8, who is coming on as Devon's ex. You have Kira from Love Island US Season 1, along with her ex and a ton of other people from Love Island US, Too Hot to Handle, and more. Uh, this is going to be a spicy season, and I'm just happy to have Devon back on my TV screen, and that's who I'm the most excited to see, and that's why I'm, like, very excited for X on the Beach. I'm definitely going to be covering this season of X on the Beach on my channel. I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait. Um, I'm hoping that this season is a lot spicier than the past couple of seasons. Talking about MTV shows making a return, let's talk about Are You the One coming back after years of not having a season on MTV, a new season, I'm happy to hear that Are You The One is coming back. Now, this is going to be different. As it's not going to be on MTV, it's going to be on Paramount+. Plus. It's going to be a Paramount Plus exclusive, and it's called Are You The One Global Edition, where on MTV's website, they put out a casting call for everybody, for everyone of all different countries to please put in applications to be on Are You The One? The Global Edition. Deadline put out an article saying, and I quote, it will see 22 recently single men and women from around the globe and will be put through an extensive matchmaking process to find their quote unquote perfect match. Hailing from around the world and living together under one roof, at an international location, these singles will have one shared goal to find the one. Each week, the singles will have an opportunity to find their match, and if they can identify all 11 couples at the same time, they'll split a massive cash prize. Essentially, it's Are You The One just opened up the borders and probably be very risque and uncensored now that it's just going to be on Paramount Plus and not necessarily on MTV. And lastly, I have to throw out a congratulations to Corey and Taylor, who just announced that they will be having another baby. They will be having another baby girl uh, in June. So that is exciting. Uh, congratulations to Corey and Taylor. 
And now before we get into the meat and potatoes of this podcast, talking about the top 50 challenge competitors of all time, where Chris Chantel and I talk and critique the Entertainment Weekly's top 50 best players in challenge history list that was uh, talked about and critiqued by other challengers uh, this past week. I first want to announce that I have created a Patreon page. Uh, It is live now if you want to go check it out. Um, I will be putting a quick promo video that I created to kind of go over the tiers and pricing and what you can expect from those tiers. If you're thinking about contributing to me and uh, sponsoring me through Patreon, I really appreciate it. You can go check it out. There's a link in the description. Um, I'm going to be putting up the video right now, and then we'll go directly into the conversation between me, Chantel, and Chris. So uh, thank you so much and enjoy. Today I have... A pretty big announcement, and that is I created a Patreon page. Over at patreon.com slash angelcakevids, there's a link in the description below if you want to go check it out. Now, in the past, there have been some who have reached out asking me if I had a Patreon page because they wanted to support me, and I had to say no because I just never felt like it was the right time back then, but right now I feel like I'm in a good place mentally, physically, and creatively to make content via Patreon as well as continuing to make Great videos on my Angel Cake Entertainment YouTube channel. Now, when putting together this Patreon page, I looked at a lot of creators' pages on Patreon, trying to get an idea of what the tiers could be and also what the Patreon page would look like. And while going through people's Patreon pages, I just felt like there could be some vagueness to some of the incentives and the tiers. So I wanted to take a few moments to go through every tier and the incentives you would be getting if you were to support me through Patreon and which tier would be best for you, both financially and what you would be getting back through that tier. So let's go through it. The first tier is the Cake Bites tier, and that is $1 a month, $12 a year, and you will be getting my forever gratitude for sponsoring and helping out and contributing to my content, as well as getting your name at the end of every single video. You'll be credited as sponsoring me through Patreon. Now, I know what you might be thinking, A dollar a month doesn't seem like a whole lot. $12 a year, what is that really going to do? I will say that there are videos that I post up on my YouTube channel that don't even make $12. So to put it in context, your $12 a year is like you watching one of my videos like 2,000 times or you watching 2,000 of my videos, which I don't even have 2,000 videos on my page just yet. So so in context, you'd be helping me out quite a bit. Next tier up is the Cakesbox tier at $2 a month, just $1 a month over the uh, Cake Bites tier. But for $2 a month, you will be getting your name at the end of every single video. Also, my forever gratitude, as well as a monthly wrap up and review video. So I watch so much reality TV. I thought it would be fun to do like a monthly wrap up and review and recommendations of what I've been watching throughout that month. Next tier up is only a dollar more a month, and that is is carrot cake tier at three dollars a month don't ask me why i named it the carrot cake tier i like carrot cake it's not my favorite cake but i like it it's pretty good especially when you get a really good one and you haven't had it for a while three dollars a month you will be getting your name at the end of every single video my forever gratitude the monthly review wrap up as well as exclusive monthly lives majority of the time i will be doing two exclusive monthly lives 
every single month. One will be just me talking to you guys, interacting. Maybe you'll be helping me out with a video. Maybe I'll have like a PowerPoint presentation on players or going over players, seasons, critique of seasons. Also, you could be helping me out with certain videos or giving me video suggestions. Sometimes I really do have like a blank in my brain on what to do a topic on. So I could be asking you guys what what would you think would make a good video? What kind of video would you like to see? Also, I need some help on a video. Like I started making the extensive hookup chart because I've been doing a huge rewatch. So I know I'm missing some names. I spent like one full eight hour day on making it and I have over 200 names. I think I have over 215 names as well as everybody that they've kissed, hooked up or made out with or dated. But I know I'm missing a lot of people. So I think that could be a really fun time to go over like, who am I missing? Let's talk about the hookups, which one was the most memorable and all that kind of good stuff. And then the second monthly live, I'll be joined with friends. So I could have Chantel and Chris and we could be doing a defending unpopular challenge opinions debate or another different debate or just having a conversation about the new news about uh, all the different challenge seasons or just having a debate on who the best player is and who the worst players are and all that good stuff. So that's going to be a lot of really fun topics and debates and interaction with not only my friends, but with you, the audience as well. The next tier up and possibly my favorite tier, and I think what will be the best valued tier is the Funfetti Cake tier, which is $5 a month. You will be getting everything that I've already mentioned, and also you will be getting exclusive access to challenge, rewatch, and commentary videos. If you don't know exactly what I'm talking about, go check out one of my endurance videos, and that's what I'm planning on doing with the challenge. So with this tier and up, I will be putting up a poll for us to pick a challenge season to rewatch episode by episode, and we will be doing a rewatch, and I will be making a commentary video for that season, episode by episode, and we will just go through the whole season, and then, once that season is wrapping up, then I'll be putting up a new poll and then we will be just going through every single challenge season that way. I think that this is a great value because we will be watching the challenge seasons. And by the way, I should mention all challenge seasons are up for grabs. One through 37 will be on the table. So this is going to be a really fun one. So those are all the tiers and rundowns of the incentives to all those tiers on my Patreon page. Thank you so much for watching through this. If you're considering sponsoring me through Patreon, I really appreciate it. Uh, give where you can, and I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for watching, and I'm excited. I'm excited for everything that I've got going on right now, as well as to see what could happen throughout this year uh, doing Patreon my podcast, as well as all the other videos and challenge seasons to come. So I'm very excited. I'm hoping to see you on Patreon. And thank you so much for watching. All right. We are here talking to my two friends, Chantel from the Reality Realness channel. Hello, Chantel. Hello, hello. I'm pretty excited to be here. I love talking the challenge and I've been I've missed talking about the challenge with you two. So I'm happy to spend this evening talking about the challengers. I am happy that you were able to join us as well. Thank you, Chris, for joining me. Uh, Chris from the Nullified Take channel. How are you doing today? I am really good. Similar to Chantel. I've missed talking to you guys about the challenge. <laughs> you know, we did it for so many months last year when we were recapping uh, season 37 and all stars that it became like a habit for me to talk to you guys on a weekly basis. And since then, I've just been talking about 
Australian Survivor and The Amazing Race. So it's good to mix it up a little bit. I will say you guys have been very busy on your own ventures and channels <laughs> uh, since we last spoke, which was the Challenge CBS talk live that we did on the Nullified Take channel. Um, so much, so much has happened since then. <laughs> but today we are not talking about the Challenge CBS. I first want to say thank you for being my first guest on the War of the Words podcast. Thank you so much. If I could speak Woo! that well. <laughs> Thank you for having us. We're really honored to be your first guests on the channel and congratulations on starting this. I couldn't think of <laughs> two better people to bring on to the podcast first and also to talk about the topic I brought you to here to talk about, which is there was a top 50 players of the challenge list that came out. Uh, it actually came out last year. I don't know if anybody looked at the um, article, uh, but it was posted in June of 2021. Um, but recently, last week, Challenge T911 on Instagram posted the list again and posted the top 50 players. Um, I don't want to get into the 50 players because I think for audio only listeners, it could be like too much to list 50 names. Um, but we're going to get into some of the hot takes that they had on who is in their Hall of Fame. And I want to say their Hall of Fame because I don't think they speak for the audience as a whole um but there are some hot takes in there and then also on the challenge t911 post a lot of the challengers and ex-challengers found this list and wanted to say something about it so i'm just going to go through what they had to say about their rankings um hunter commented 41 this thing's more than not getting the money grateful to be on the list though heart emoji two people that weren't on the list was the other two young bucks. And that was Nelson Thomas, who says, I know this JK is an April fool, April 1st joke, uh, eight seasons, two finals, second highest elimination record, 123 people like that. Uh, Corey said, damn, not even in the top 50. I've done eight seasons and been in four finals elimination record, eight and four. I guess not. Tori deal. However, was happy with her ranking at 37. She says 37 is my favorite number. OMG Kyle, who's ranked number 45 in the top 50 players was happy with his ranking saying that that's his favorite number. Um, then we have Tyler Duckworth, who commented Dunbar can say he's a champ thanks to me, hence cutthroat. And then Brad also joined in with bashing on Dunbar saying, and me, ha ha ha, Dunbar is ranked 50, while Brad is ranked 31st, and Tyler is ranked 19th, just in the top 20. Um, I passed the list over to both Chantel and Chris to get in preparation for this podcast. And um, I wanted to get your initial thoughts on what you thought of EU's top 50 player list. Uh, Chantel, do you want to go first? I Okay, I didn't find anything that awful about it. Like, I was like, you know what? I could see, I could rationally, I could see why this list was created this way. I do find it very interesting that the only young buck that was on it was Hunter. I was like, wow, that both um, Corey and, and Nelson are not really respected for their games, even though they've done more seasons and have like done better collect like like on a on an average than hunter has and so i thought that, that was really interesting and i think that hunter was brought into the young bucks so like didn't they already started like how did that all how was the inception of the young bucks so i just rewatched uh invasion of the champions 
on the season, Hunter wasn't even really along with Nelson or Corey at that point. Uh, there was a point where Corey and Hunter were like yelling at each other because Corey had done a couple of seasons. He went to a finals in 27, his rookie season. Then in Rivals 3, he was paired up with Ashley. And then come 29, he's kind of like getting his feet in the uh, the challenge pool, whereas Hunter was a rookie that season. So when coming onto it, Hunter was doing pretty well on the season to the point where Corey was like, calm down. They got into a big scuffle. It wasn't until 30 when Corey made it known that he had a hit list and it was all the OG players. And so that's when Nelson, who was Corey's friend on invasion, they kind of had a little falling out, but they were friends. They decided to bring in Hunter on 30. So that's where everything started their friendship and the young bucks on 30. So I, I feel as though then that they should be on the list. If Hunter's going to be on the list, because they made him a little bit more relevant. They had him being like, yeah, TYB. Like they, they gave him a kind of a persona that without those two, I don't think that he would be on this list at all. Like I know the different main difference is, is that he won a season, but his attitude made him lose the money. So like, that's not even really that big of a factor I would say here. So the, the most surprising thing about that list was that neither Nelson or Corey even hit the top 50. Um, since it's equal male and female, then top 25 um, male challengers. Uh, that is that definitely is the most surprising thing. I have to agree. All right, Chris, what do you uh, what do you think about this list? Yeah, so it's interesting as a, um, a very day one Survivor fan. I know that Survivor fans always go on about these are the top 50 or these are the top 100 players that have ever played the game. And I always try and avoid lists like these as much as I can uh, because it is really just an opinion at the end of the day. And I feel like with um, the challenge, even more so like um, with Survivor, you know, it's like, okay, how many times have this person won? What's their highest placement every season? Are they a good social player? Um, with the challenge, it becomes harder because it's not just about, um, you know, I feel like the challenge fans appreciate different things when it comes to the challenge. And because of that, some people reach legendary status, even though they don't have the best record when it comes to actually winning championships. Like, you know, Anissa is a great example of that. She features here in the list at number 40. She's someone that's been an OG. She's played so many of the seasons, 16 seasons. Um, obviously, she's got a high amount of elimination wins, but she's got an equal amount of elimination losses but people do respect Anissa because she's an OG and she's come back so many times so um, I think that these lists are very hard to um, to to get together in the first place and then rank people accordingly like I paid extra careful attention to the top 10 because I feel like in the top 10 you're starting to talk about who are really the best of the best who are the triple threats who are the people that have got a great personality um, that we like to see on the show who are the people that are actually winning championships what are their elimination records um, and and so forth so I think that you know I do agree with you guys it's sad not to see Corey and Nelson on this list but we don't really know what the motive behind the person was they didn't clearly articulate in this channel or on this page when they put this together they didn't really clearly articulate what they were you know critiquing these people on so it's very difficult but the one thing i did love drew is when i saw it i thought to myself great there's some additional content for us podcasters to talk about <laughs> <laughs> yeah and that's the thing is like so when i started the channel and then i started gaining some momentum and i was got some people to start commenting there were a lot of people that were asking 
who would be the top 50 players or for me to rank the top 50 players or the top players of the challenge. And it's tough. Like it's really tough because I want to be able to put logic and everything behind it. But like you were saying, it's very subjective. These lists can be very subjective. Like what, what do you put as a principle when deciding who is goes up against somebody else? Like, do you count elimination wins because they're solo most of the time and you have to go against somebody like person to person, or are you putting in just wins like challenge championships? Like, do you just put that there? Do you, is there stipulations on how they won? Is it teams uh, wins are lower than solo wins? Like what is the basis of what you're doing? And like you said on this list, uh, they don't put anything to it. It's not like <laughs> they said, like we took into account their wins, their percentages, their uh, overall season rankings of or the best percentage of positions where they of season to season, the the impact that they had on the show in general. Like they don't say anything. They just like plop in fifty players, three <laughs> sentences each, and then their list of what they did. Um, and I do want to say that um, this list did come out in June of twenty twenty one. But when I went back to read the blurb at the beginning, it seems like they edited the blurb to be now like they talked mm -hmm. about two all-star seasons already passed and then thir uh, 37 challenge seasons have already passed so mm -hmm. by the time this list was put out some of the seasons haven't even wrapped up yet but then as they went on they were just like ah eh, this list doesn't change that much we'll just change the wording and put it up there i do yeah, want to add to this like I, I love hall of fames so for me <laughs> the concept of a hall of fame or like these are the great players to look out for i think the challenge is the right type of show for that because it has got a legacy of people that continue to come back, you know, and, you know, there should be some, I don't know if, it, if I know, I think um, challenge mania have got their own version of a hall of fame where they nominate X amount of people at the end of each year. Um, I like that concept. Now, obviously in a hall of fame, it doesn't necessarily mean these are number one, two, three, four, and five, but it does give some recognition to challenges that have contributed over the years and have done well and like you said have shaped the show in some sort of a way one thing i also noticed about this list though <laughs> is the fact that no new school players like or very few new school players have been recognized on this list um the only people that i'm really seeing here is jenny west casey clark and kyle i can't remember his last name off the top of my head and those are like unless i i miss someone everybody else is like old school some people haven't even been on the season uh, on the series in in years and that's kind of what i really took away is that the legendary players aren't being created right now they're not the people that we're watching on our screens right now like to even see that we have evan and kenny two people that have been banned for years for being part of the the show at all they still are able to top the uh get on the top 15 and so i find that to be very interesting for me that's kind of a purist that loves old school that like feels like things are changing and not and i don't necessarily like the direction that it's going that all my favorite players and that I'm trying to like, like, you know, preserve the, the purity of the show. They're still making the top of the, these lists as opposed to some of the new people that they seem to be putting in more attention. So the Josh's, the Fessies, like they're not even getting to, you know, number 50 when there's people that haven't been on the show in like 10 years are still able to crack it. So I thought that was very interesting. Now, as the new school <laughs> person here on this podcast, <laughs> let me come in here and have a bit of a, a counter 
to that. I know we're not doing the debates that we did on Drew's channel a while ago. That was a lot of fun. So if you guys are listening to this podcast, go check out the Angel Cake um, Entertainment Channel for some of those debates. But, you know, I am a new school fan. Like you guys know, I started at Final Reckoning, watched more of the newest seasons, then went back to Fresh Meets 2 and have watched all the seasons since then. Chantel's given me some study work um, and, and I need to watch some of these earlier seasons as well. Um, luckily, I do know most of the players and I have seen them in that time that I've watched most. on the show. But yeah, most of them. There's a few I still don't know. <laughs> I'll admit that. But, you know, obviously looking at that, it's hard to like, I'm not going to, uh, am I going to defend Fessy? Fessy's played three seasons, right? So, um, and he's being compared here to players that have played eight, 10 seasons, 11 or 12 seasons, you know? So it's hard to compare them to some of those players that have had a longer opportunity to build a legacy for themselves uh, within the challenge universe. And then the other thing I want to say is, I think that seeing so many of the veterans um, still win the current seasons like CT and Johnny Bananas and, and so forth in these recent seasons have actually sped up the transition of the challenge in the direction that it's going to go in right now because they know that these people that they've relied on, they're going to be 50 and 10 years from now, you know, and they do need a newer brand or a newer um group of people coming in that can carry the show and be just as memorable as some of these um, old school people. Now, I'm not saying that doing what they're doing is necessarily going to add to that, but I think the challenge has got a problem on its hands that you've pointed out, Chantel, and that is that a lot of the players that are being um, recognized on this list, a lot of the, um, the the fan favorites, they have not played in a long time and there's no new legends being created. And I think that that is the reason that they're pushing in the direction that they are kind of pushing in at the moment. I'm not saying it's the right thing, but I can kind of understand why the producers must be feeling really nervous right now. I don't know if you guys watch, but Mike Lewis had Jemmy on his podcast. I think it was this past week and I watched it and she's a fan like I'm a fan. And she kind of pointed out that she doesn't agree with what they're doing right now. And she was reminding me of like the reason why I fell in love with the show. And the reason why she fell in love with the show was the character dynamics that were, that were at play and that they're seeing them compete on these shows and they are entertaining and they're, and that's why they were creating these legends. And so I think that they need to go back to their old formula and getting very interesting people and having them compete yeah. on these shows. I don't think bringing in these D one athletes is where it's at for them to create what they the legends like the legends didn't come from that kind of background they came from being really likable or maybe not likable but castable people entertaining willing to speak their mind be truthful not worried about instagram followers not worried about what how they look on camera and their social media status and what the audience is going to say like people that just want to have this social experiment and that's where they need to, I think, go back to. And that's what Jemmy was kind of articulating in her in the podcast. And so I agree with Jemmy. I would rather see Jemmy on another season rather than seeing Jem even Casey, who made the list. But I just want to say in a quick defense, and I know I've made this defense a few times, that me and you, Chantel, are furiously agreeing about the fact that they need characters on the show. They need people that we're not looking at them as competitors only. We need people that are also going to actually add to the entertainment of the show. I just don't want to write off a whole network or a whole other show based on the choices that have been made so far in bringing certain people over to the main challenge. I think that people are being unfair to a whole different network with great um, potential choices to be casted in the future. And I just think that I hold the casting department 
more responsible for the choices they're making currently than some of the potential other direction, the directions that they can go in. I hope that makes sense, but I agree with you, Chantal. I want the, the show to be entertaining, and if you're just putting athletes on there, then that is not entertaining at all, you know? And it is interesting because clearly whoever has written this article, um, Drew, they agree because they haven't put a lot of these only athletic people on the on the list. And that's why I said it's so subjective because there's different things that different people value. Um, and I think most people value entertainment. I mean, that's why we watch our reality TV. That's why we watch the challenge, right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I completely agree with everything you guys were just saying and like talking <laughs> about. Like, I think it's, we talked about it before. It's easier for somebody with a personality to get muscles than somebody with muscles and a bland personality to get a personality that I mean it's just you can't you can't really get that I mean you either have it or you don't and uh yeah it all comes down to casting it all comes down to how wide you put your net and who you're gonna want to be on the show you talked about what some of the list got right uh let's talk about what some of the list maybe didn't get so right and who do you think is ranked too high on this list and who do you think shouldn't be on this list at all if you think that uh, first of all i think dunbar uh yeah i was gonna say dunbar i mean he's at 50 so he's basically not on the list but i was like oh he made the list like who's this guy even the little blurb on his uh name said that he's never a challenge threat (laughs) so i was just like all right well (laughs) He's at 50, though. <laughs> like, you could have kept him in the abyss. Well, I mean, I would have, I would definitely trade out Dunbar and put in an either Corey or Nelson. Probably Corey. Well, or no, maybe Nelson. Um, I would definitely would make that switch out for sure. And I think that they're both actually higher than 50, to be honest. I, I would add on this Cara Maria, for me, not making the top 10 to me is a bit of shade. And, and like I said, I really focused on the top 10 when I looked at this list. Obviously, I know the players that are in the top 10. Um, the only player that I can't speak too much about that is ahead of Kara is Evelyn Smith because I only saw her in her latter seasons when she was in Fresh Meets 2, which obviously wasn't at her peak uh, of what she did on the show. But Kara Maria, and I know this is going to definitely annoy some old school fans in me saying this, I feel like a, sw- a swapped with Laurel Stuckey on this for me because I think that Kara Maria... Um, she was on the show for a lot longer than Laurel. Laurel ended up being the person that was the original person that everybody thought was going to be this challenge beast and win a lot of the seasons. She did win a season, but I feel like Cara Maria's legacy became that much bigger than Laurel's legacy on the show. Um, And maybe I'm very sort of, maybe I am kind of skewed with it because I did see from Cara Maria starting in Fresh Meets 2, where she was at as this girl that was being bullied, didn't believe in herself, you know, had some real issues, and then becoming this really strong female on the show. And up until now, she is still the only female winner to win outright a season that she had to compete against men. So, I mean, that to me should put her somewhere in the top 10. And in my opinion, probably even above some of the, you know, even Sarah and Laurel on there. And I know some people will disagree, but like I said, it is subjective. I've got a lot of respect for what Cara Marie has done on the show. And I think she's a bit too low, not at least getting in the top 10. <laughs> you just um, have such a crush on Cara Maria. I do. Um, I, think I do, but that... I don't want to say it out loud because Paulie's going to come for me, you know, but you know, no, I do respect relevancy. <laughs> He's going to be like, yes, talk about us some more. Talk about how great we are because we're so yeah, Just great. edit that part out, Drew. We won't put in anything that I said about Paulie. Just edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> um, I 
I think that the person that put together this list is going by how people make them feel and who they like and who they enjoy watching. I think that that has to be an element of this this list because I think that most people prefer Laurel and what Laurel's done in the game more than they prefer everything that Cara Maria has done. So if Cara Maria had never hooked up with Polly and had like any of that happening and she she still, whatever, she ended it at Kyle and her breakup and they're done and none of that happened. I think that maybe then Carl Cara would be seen in a better light. But I think that... Um, you know, the fighting with Polly and her against Kyle was really distasteful and it just, I, it was very unlikable. And I think that that might've tainted her, her legacy in any sorts. And Laurel, I didn't particularly like her in, which was it? World of Worlds one, is that, or Total Madness? What was it? Two. The last one that she was in two. Two. Um, yeah. so what, like, I didn't particularly like her, but I'm always wanting her to come back. I'm always like, ooh, let's see what Laurel's going to do. She's always had that energy where I know that she's going to compete well, and I can expect that from her, and I want to see what she's going to do because she's willing to make these um, interesting decisions for game-wise. So I'm still more interested in seeing what Laurel is going to do on another season more than I am with what Cara Maria is going to do. And so that could be kind of the same lens or filter that the the editor of this article um, might be running through. I, I never understood you know, the love for Laurel, to be honest. Like, yes, she was a challenge beast, but I remember her, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, it was at Cutthroat where she was just being absolutely horrible to Cara Maria throughout that whole season. Um, I just saw that side of her, a very nasty side that she needed to be the center of attention. She didn't like that Cara Maria was getting some of that attention. And I, I've really struggled to um, have that same... I guess, love for Laurel as a character. Now, I would love to see her come back and compete definitely uh, against some of the new school uh, players that we see now. I think that she definitely deserves to be, I'm not disputing that she should be on this list and quite high up. But again, like I said, it's so subjective. Like if I had to choose between the two, I'm definitely team Cara Maria, but I respect <laughs> how some people will like Laurel more. So for me, looking at the top 10, I think that's probably the one that stood out the most. And then another one that I also wanted to add, if I can just jump in here before we go further, is Jordan being at number six. Like if I had this list, Jordan would have definitely been a top three for me, you know? And I think that Jordan being on this list at number six, and I know we're splitting hairs here because he is in the top 10 as someone that has come onto the show and has won 50% of the show that he's been on, you know, is a really great uh, sort of reputation that he has and seven out of nine eliminations, nearly a million dollars worth of money that he's won. I know he's explosive. Maybe he doesn't make people feel too good about, you know, how he acts in the house sometimes, but I think that, you know, Darrell, um, he gets a lot of love because of his legacy and what he did in the past, but more so in recent seasons, he hasn't really lived up to that reputation that he's had. And he is a lot higher than Jordan. I would probably swap those two out as well. I think that's a pretty hot take. I, I won't say, I, I will <laughs> no. say like, I mean, you are from the TNT hot takes uh, from your channel. Um, you, you guys bring up a very good or interesting point, um, which is undervalued. I actually had this as a topic, and I kind of want to get into it now that we talked about uh, Cara Maria, which I have on this list. But all the people that I have that are undervalued are women. Like, I was noticing that while you guys were talking. I have a lot of women that I feel like are just undervalued in what they brought to the show or what they were able to do in the show. And with who is undervalued, I would swap out some of the other women that are up in the top 10. Like, for those who are just listening, 
um, we have the highest ranked woman is Emily Scrum at number five. Uh, at number seven is Sarah Rice, and then Laurel Stuckey at number eight. And those are the only three women that could penetrate into the top ten. And then you have Evelyn at eleven and Carmaria at twelve, and then Rachel uh, just in the top fifteen at number fifteen. Um, so when looking at my undervalued, I have Evelyn clearly as undervalued being out of the top 10. She is tied with the most championships by a woman. She is feared. She took on men in her in her past seasons and won. I just don't know what else she had to do. Like she was absolutely incredible in her seasons. Um, you have Cara Maria out of the top 10. Um, Ashley, I think, was too low for being a two-time champ. Uh, Rachel, I think, is a beast. Veronica, she was great in her past seasons. I mean, if we're going to give, you were talking about Darrell and wanting to put him just slightly lower. I mean, Veronica was great on her past seasons. She was political. She did well. She beat Jody in an elimination, albeit it was like a mummy wrapping in tissue paper (laughs) and then ripping down a flag with her mouth. But I mean, that's still a win is a win. You can't (laughs) judge anybody's wins when those were the competitions back then. Um, And then I also have Susie who was never eliminated on any season that she was in. She didn't win every season she was in, but I just feel like Emily is a very strong competitor, but she had such a limited sample size from what she was able to be on the show. And then she only won one season. I mean, Landon was only on four seasons, I believe, but he won three out of those four seasons. And if Emily was able to do that same thing where she won three out of her four seasons, I think that's different. But when we're talking about impact, we're talking about elimination wins, we're talking about championships. I just feel like, there's some disrespect happening with Evelyn, Kara, and even Rachel, who Rachel even won over um, over everybody. Like, I think she was the first one to cross the finish line in the duel, too. And then Evan and Brad were, like, coming in close to see who was coming in first and second on that. But she pulled the Jenny West and won over all the guys. Speaking of Jenny West, um, I just want to throw this out there. How is she below Casey? on this list in my opinion uh casey who's on this list casey clark not casey cooper but casey clark uh just recently one-time champion is 24th in the top 25 three seasons one championship three finals uh has never been eliminated via an elimination but jenny west who beat her one-on-one in a finals and probably could take her in an elimination is at 32 Um, If you're going to have Casey on this list and Jenny at the same time, I feel like one definitely surpasses the other. And I would say Jenny wins it. I know Jenny was eliminated by Tori on a hall brawl. I think it's just the stat. I think the fact that Casey's been on three seasons, three finals, one win, it's a pretty impressive stat. Um, And whether or not any other, other women could beat her in any sort of elimination, it's like, She's never really had that opportunity. So it it just looks, if I was to look on paper, Casey looks like she's a stronger um, competitor. I agree with that. I mean, obviously, um, I think they're trying to really sell Casey as one of the new faces of the challenge, which we obviously are not too happy about. Um, I had actually <laughs> a different cute. take she's on... she's cute. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I mean, I do think she's probably a really nice person, but we spoke about this earlier on about having a personality and making us feel a certain way when they play the show. Like I love people that I can 
that I like and I really want to shout for them because, you know, they just haven't won that championship yet. Like I know Chantel's going to cringe when I say this, but like a Corey, you know, or a Nelson, like because, you know, they're not on this list, but they haven't done it yet. So we want to see them eventually get there. Um, but for Casey, I, I don't like I don't dislike her, but I also don't like I know some people may do that. I don't know why you would dislike someone that's on a TV show, but, you know, I don't dislike or love her. I kind of feel, a, you know, just in the middle of you know just bland when it comes to her as a character um one of the other interesting things like emily is quite high and i also always enjoyed seeing emily on the show and always wanted to see more from her because i thought she was just such a physical beast but the question here is emily again from memory wasn't someone that really inspired me a lot in regards to personality either so you know if she was to make a debut in today's challenge would we have seen her come back to back like we see other bland characters similar to casey coming back season by season that she just was she ahead of her time is kind of the question that i want to ask and should this now open the door for somebody somebody like an emily to come back now that they're more focused on athletic ability opposed to personality because i feel like she would fit in not that i'm saying we should continue (laughs) to add more people with not that much personality onto the show but i feel like she would fit in better with what the show is today compared to what it used to be but i was quite interested to see her as high as she is on this list. They're giving her a lot of respect as the number one ranked female on this list. Yeah, I was surprised how high she is ranked. Um, I do think that she's a beast. I do think that she deserves to be on the list. Absolutely. Maybe even the top 10. Sure. Um, I don't, I think that she's a little bit more entertaining though than Casey. Poor, poor girl. You're saying that she's as boring and should be cast again now because they're casting boring people that are athletic. Like poor Emily. That's not a stat that I want to have. But I do, I do think that I would be entertained by Emily coming back because I do think that she has a little bit more grit than Casey does. I do. She has a little more attitude. She's willing to go in. Um, I, I would like to see it. I think I'd be more entertained than I have been by Miss Casey Clark. But I have a hot take. Um, Chris over here might uh, <laughs> might come for me here, but I do not think that Derek Kasinki should be in the top 10. I do not think he should be that highly ranked. I think that at least 20 other male competitors, even female competitors should be higher than him. Why? Like, um, you know, I, I, <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> why? Well, for yeah. one of the one reason uh, for taking into like people that we enjoy, I used to really, really like him. And I think that his appearances on All Stars maybe has what has been pushing him off of me thinking that he's a really good player or really superior athlete or really great challenger and so uh, when he came back as the mercenary like yeah that was it shows it like oh yeah we think that he's like you know such a tough guy and he's hard to beat and so yeah somebody does some impressive things when he's like the underdog and he really he won't stop he won't go but I just don't think that he's top 10 with how the outcome is all of his wins that he had were from like 10 years ago now and so I just don't know if his legacy holds up in in new school new school times I just feel like there's other people that I'm, I'm still I'm remember and I'm more impressed by things that they've done even a little bit more recently it's an interesting take and you know I love Derek I think he's a great character and probably again it was just based on the feeling of how certain people feel watching Derek be the underdog and went out against guys that are so much bigger than him, you know, against Josh, for instance, that was pretty impressive to see. But um, 
I do agree with you to a certain degree because I kind of look at Derek and Darrell as the same because I was I was told Darrell is a hot take, but Darrell also has not won in such a long time. He's come on to All-Stars a couple of seasons. Yes, he's made the finals, but he's been not winning these finals when he gets there. Um, I, I hear what you're saying in regards to that. Um, I, I do think, you know, it hurts me to say this. I could see Derek slip a couple of numbers. There's definitely people that have done you know he deserves to be on the list of top 50 does he deserve to be in the top 10 i don't know he definitely deserves to be in the top 20 somewhere i would put him but you know you've got right behind him you've got someone like wes who i mean i had a very passionate defense of wes's legacy on the debates that we did and for all of those reasons if you guys want to go listen there and why wes is not overrated you know i would say west which should probably be ahead of Derek on this list as well you know because he's had so many um you know he was the mastermind behind a lot of the strategy that we see being used right now in the challenge where people still follows that blueprint of getting um, the rookies to work with them against the veterans. He's had so many epic rivalries. There's been no one that have had more rivalries in the show. You know, his legacy to me stands very tall and I'm not, just looking at the wins that he's had, you know, obviously he's got the most elimination wins out of everyone. He's won two seasons. I'm just talking about his legacy as a whole and how he's changed and shaped the game. I do think he could be higher than a Derek. So I get what you're saying. It hurts me to say it, but I, I do think that um, people like Derek and even maybe Darrell, they, they, they have this aura about them where people just love them and they can do no wrong. doesn't mean that I don't think that these guys don't be, deserve to be on this list maybe just a couple of spots lower than what they're currently on. I will say in defense of Derek possibly being, or the reason why he's so high on this list is that one, he has three, three championships, which they were all team-based, but still regardless, he has three championships. And then the amount of eliminations that are ingrained or iconic that people would say that are top tier with the pole wrestle with Wes in the duel, you have uh, Cyrus going one-on-one in Cyrus in the, um, in gauntlet two. And then you also have uh, Joss going like 90 minutes more uh, with Joss uh, in crazy eight. So I feel like that's what is, is also putting him up such higher on these lists is because of how many like moments he has or people reference with Derek um, as long as, as well as the, um, the three time wins. I do want to say real quick, someone that I missed on the undervalue is Coral. Uh, she is an OG. She is super memorable. She is a champion and she is currently on this list at 42. Now let's talk about some people that we think are too highly valued on this list, or maybe could be knocked down a few pegs. We talked about some in the top five or top 10. I do want to throw this out there. Um, also Mike, the Miz is, I think, too low, <laughs> too low ranked. Um, but I want to say, for what we said about Aunt Emily, be, not having a lot on her resume or not being shown a lot on the show or not having a ton of seasons comparatively to the other people that are on this list, um, I would say that at number 27, Frank Sweeney, uh, he was on basically three seasons, one-time champ, a two-time finalist and then he was gone after free agents um i just feel like for him to be over veronica jenny west and a lot of these other players i feel like is a little high to me personally i just don't think he is a top 30 player um if he had much more of a built-in resume i think that would be better um i also want to say Teresa. i don't think deserves to be in the top 50 i just don't 
agree with that <laughs> at all. Um, I'm surprised that Tina made it into the top 50. I mean, there's champions that aren't even listed in here. Katie Doyle, uh, again, she was kind of like thrown under the bus a lot of the time, but she did a great job in Inferno. She won. She was thrown in constantly over and over and over again, and she was able to win that season on a team that basically hated her. And everybody loved Veronica. Um, Tori Hall, again, could be found annoying, but is a great competitor. She is a multi-time champ. I just, I, I get kind of frustrated seeing this. Uh, Nehemiah, I think, is also undervalued at 48. Uh, mm -hmm. He's a champion as well, and he's been doing well on All-Stars. Um, yeah, I, I, that's who I would think is overvalued on these lists as well you as what i didn't mention zach nichols <laughs> you think that he is top 26 <sighs> like he's won no. one season that i can think of um i'm not afraid of him he's he loses all the time he gasses out like i just like and his personality is terrible in my opinion um <laughs> i just do not think that he should be this high up i think that there's many people that could be should be ranked higher than zach I really don't think that he deserves that kind of legacy. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, also, uh, there was a lot. Okay, so on the comment section, there's a lot of people that were not happy with how high Devin Simone was placed. I was going to mention uh, her, but I was like, should I or shouldn't I? Because I'm I'm surprised. Like, if we're talking about, like, I love Devin Simone. Like, by the way, she does a great job with the after show. Big supporter of that. I'd love for her to be the host for um, the reunion show, even though their hosts on the reunion show is they're getting better and better with time. I'd still prefer for a previous challenger who understands what it's like to compete and just has that natural charisma about her to be the person to actually go out there because she will hold people responsible if they did some shady stuff on the show. And I want to see that. Um, and we know she'll actually watch it. <laughs> Unlike the host that they probably give cliff notes to at the, at the end of each one of these reunion shows. So I don't hate Devin at all, but I mean, she is uh, someone, if we're talking about champions not being on this list, you know, there's other champions we haven't mentioned like Turbo, Rogan, um, there might be more newer champions as well that have not actually made the list either. So I think she's probably purely based there just because she's such a likable character. But then also I would say if we're going by likability, where's someone like um, Davon? Because I thought Davon was amazing. Bombshell where's Jonay? Where's Jonay? Yeah. Yeah, like so, so, so there's there's a few people we can look at that, and then the other thing while we're talking about people that are not on this show, and I, I know I'm sort of hijacking a little bit here, um, force force of nature and habit of having done the many <laughs> of these podcasts with you guys, is there a few people on this list that probably shouldn't even be there because of a very um, you know, we know that there's some controversies and uh, there's a few people being mentioned on this list that have been, you know, Rimmer and Endo did some really shady things. Some of them have done it on camera. Uh, you know, there's a few people that I think if they've done this bad stuff out there, should we be promoting that bad behavior by having them on this list to begin with? Because there's a few. I was definitely surprised for two people and the third, maybe Zach being on that list. Um, I was just... Yeah, I was surprised that they would still be mentioning them, considering um, the other two are kind of banned or are not allowed to compete on the show anymore. So it's for them to be kind of in consideration for a list that's current, um, I feel like I, I was surprised by it. Like the one well, person I will mention, because this this is this is obvious, this was blatant, this was on camera, you know, is Camilla. Oh, Camilla. You know? Camilla and Camilla, oh, yeah, Camilla, for instance, that was blatant. 
and we all know and i feel like mm -hmm. you know no matter how big of a champion she was of a personality she was as soon as she did what she did um i think we should have just if we're parting Stripped ways with someone like d yeah if we're doing if we're parting away from someone like d then why are we still putting camilla on a list like this that's 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 just my take agreed kenny and evan on there uh, because they do have pretty decent stats but are banned from the show um tanya who is also banned from the show i mean i feel like if they're in consideration why wouldn't she be consideration she had a lot of storylines on the show she made an impact on the show granted it wasn't like everybody was thinking that she was a beast at any of the competition but i mean she is a champion and she did win she did compete um when everything was against her especially susie who was bullying her and was like the uh the 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 main person to push the i hate tanya game in inferno th uh three uh season 14 so i mean i think there's a lot to take in when making a top 50 list like this and trying to figure out like who deserves to be where like i was talking about what principles do you put more weight on um i did want to go into that in a little bit but i wanted to throw it out there we've already talked about some of the major misses um we talked about Corey nelson i've mentioned tori hall uh katie doyle i want to throw out there theo vaughn is a huge person huge personality champion from the show timmy uh was huge as well and also eric he's an og he was on the first season and he's a multi-champ um kind of like mark long in a way um but he failed to make this list as well but yet we've seen other players on the show that that are on this list that have a very small resume but were able to surpass all those ogs to get onto this list um even jamie murray i believe is his name if i'm remembering correctly he's always won uh he's a three-time champ and he's been on three seasons um so um yeah is there any other major misses that you can think of that we haven't already mentioned uh, those were just some of the names that I could remember that I wanted to throw out there. I mean, the only person I wrote down, they didn't, they haven't been that impressive, but I wrote down Georgia because I do feel as though she has a lot of potential to be a really good competitor. She hasn't had any wins, but I do feel as though she's a more consistent competitor than the Devons of the world. Devon, um, Simone, uh, even more kind of consistent. Like I would fear Georgia more than Anissa. I know Anissa has a legacy. I know Anissa has a really good win ratio. So like, I get it. I get why Anissa's on the list, but I just, I feel like Georgia is a more reliable competitor. And I would have, I wouldn't have minded seeing her at like number 49. You know what I mean? Like I could see her being on the list. Yeah. I think we've spoken about most of the people already kind of that could make the list but if we're looking at a newer school player that potentially uh could still make their way onto this list if they were to come back in the future i just don't know where they're standing on the show and you guys normally read a lot more into the behind the scenes stuff so you're probably going to give me the eyes like oh this is why this person's not on the show anymore it's rogan like i think you know he's not the most likable guy um i don't think he's he's very rough and tough you know but I do think Rogan, if I had to choose between Rogan and Fessy, Fessy also has a chance of making a top 50 in the future just because they're going to continue to bring him back. He is athletic. One of these days, I think it's only a matter of time. He's going to win a championship and they've really tried to work on his image in this last season to try and get us to see him in a different light because I think they really want to push him forward similar to Casey. Not overly optimistic about that, but I would rather see Rogan come back and especially Rogan come back to be someone that can take Fessy on physically, I think would be really good. And, you know, obviously he had a very 
bad start to his career on the challenge but then some of the bigger players in the past that have become legends have had a slow start and then have picked up as seasons have progressed so i think that um, potentially there could be some potential there and then um, i'm a big amber fan i always will be she's probably the person <laughs> I like, Who? Uh, that i like that, that i like the most out of the big brother crew uh, that are still playing recently. Obviously, Devon is someone that we mentioned earlier that I'm always going to be a big supporter and a fan of. But I think Amber as well, like if she can find her footing, the only problem with her is she's a bit naive. But I do think that people underrate her ability to do well in eliminations and things like that because she has had a few people she's gone up against that physically weren't up to her level when she was doing hall brawls and things like that. But I do think she's someone that could potentially in the future also um, make their way onto a list like this. But I think we've spoken about most of the people already um, outside of that, that we're shocked to not see on this list. Well, with the Rogan thing, so Rogan was saying some, like had some racist comments on online and stuff like that. So I, I believe that that's one of the reasons why he hasn't been brought back. Um, and also though, yeah, we're saying that like, you know, you're saying that he would be there to go to go against Fessy, but like he doesn't go against somebody that he's matched equally size wise. Like he was excited to go and take down Jay, who probably weighed 100 pounds less than him and about five inches shorter. So I don't know if he has that kind of grit to be able to go up against Fessy because he might actually lose. He was taking, in my opinion, uh, all his anger out on Jay because he knew that he could physically dominate him. So I don't know if I want to see what Rogan brings to the table. We also know that Rogan gassed out on his first attempt at coming onto the challenge. So I don't know if his legacy is really that strong and he's not, not really someone no. I care to see improve or get more opportunities. I just want to add like, if we're taking Rogan out and obviously if he's made those comments, then I, you know, fully don't support him coming back on, especially, you know, if that's, if that is a thing that is out there. I, I, like I said, I sometimes, I like to react to these shows in a very neutral way and look at it and not always know all the things outside of it because it gives me an authentic reaction to the shows that I'm recapping. Maybe that's just my excuse for sometimes being lazy and not keeping up to date with all the different Twitter accounts that are out there. But um, I think that, you know, if we're not going to have him, then someone else that is very new that I would like to see more of, they definitely are very far from being mentioned as someone that will make their way onto the top 50 list within the next year, two years, maybe even three years. But someone that I think that the challenge should continue to invest in and I really enjoyed on this last season is Ed. Um, I think he's got the right personality. He's fun. He jokes around. He's physically in good shape. Um, obviously, it's early to say he'll make this top 50 list. But again, I am a supporter of getting fun personalities on the show that are new to help build the next 10 to 20 to 30 years of the challenge. Because I believe that the challenge, the concept of the show is bigger than any individual playing it. Uh, with Ed, I mean, I do like Ed. I do think he was fun. I liked him as an addition, but um, I believe, I don't know what podcast we were talking about him. Um, I believe I said that he he needs to get some strategy. Like he needs to up mm -hmm. that side of his game because, and he needs to want to be there and win. Um, it's great to be relaxed and easygoing, but that also means that people don't care about throwing you in because you're not going to come back and retaliate. And so I just don't know if he'll get to a position where he's in, he's going to win because people don't 
aren't don't fear him in any way. They'll just do what they want with him because he's easygoing and he's going to let let them off with whatever they they do to him. So I don't know if he has the mindset of a winner to get on this list yet, but he is a likable personality that I hope will learn how to play the game and want to be there to win because if he has that behind him i do think he has a better shot the problem for me is that when we look at a lot of our favorites there are and it's not a problem it's just human nature you're going to love the people that you know the people you're familiar with you've seen them season in and season out so a lot of these new school players like ed that yes they don't have a legacy behind them so nobody fears them at this stage but everybody had to start somewhere and i'm hoping that ed gets this opportunity to build this long term you know so where we've got someone like josh training with rachel to become more fit you know maybe he should spend more time with wes get some books out yeah, and start studying sure. on how to be better at strategy you know like so yeah and, and we've had want the same to conversation win. he needs about... to want to win he doesn't want exactly. to win, and that's the problem and, and him, we've had the same me. conversation when it comes to Nelson, when it comes to Corey. Like, we believe there's some serious things that they lack that if they ever want to win, and those obviously are two people that could have made this list as well, you know, there's certain things they need to work on to get better at so that they can actually make it deeper into the game. And it doesn't help complaining at the end, oh, I didn't make it again, or somebody betrayed me or backstabbed me. Um, get better, you know? Like, I think Anissa had that same storyline for a long time. Like, I just want to get, why are these people not giving me an opportunity to get to the finals? Like, no one's going to give you anything. Everybody's here to yeah, win take for it. themselves. <laughs> take it. I will say that I think somebody that comes to mind is Joss. I think he is a strong competitor. He was somebody that went toe-to-toe -to -toe with Derek, an OG, went out on a brain fart, Let's just be real. And then 32, he went all the way to lose by mere seconds, if I'm remembering correctly. I think it was like 60 oh, seconds or something. Yeah. So, I mean, and then he lost in a purge challenge when he was paired up with Kaylee and he was sent home. So I think if Joss was given more of a chance, I think mm -hmm. he would be up here in the top 50 easily. I think he would be making way more finals. I think he would have won with the top four of the UK team, if he would have been able to stay in the game. And I think he's just an overall, just strong competitor. I mean, I, I rewatched 31 recently and that rock of Gibraltar run was intense. Like he was lapping everybody. I wanted to wrap things up real quick, asking you guys putting together your top 50, what would you put more emphasis on? Would you put, would you want to go with just straight championships? Would you go with, who do you think had the biggest impact in the game entertainment wise? What would you put the most emphasis on when trying to come up with a top 25 top 50 list? Also, I wanted to throw this out there because this list just groups everybody together. Would you kind of split them off into their own genders of a top women's list and a top men's list? Or would you just push them all together to make one giant top 50 list? I would split it because there's been a lot of times where like the finals and stuff like that were just won by one person, like in recent years and like, it's either one man or one woman. Like, I just, I just think that it would be better, a little bit more fair. And we would be able to see the rankings a little bit better if it was completely separate um, male and female. Um, I think for me personally, though, this is probably gonna be different than both either you or, or Chris um, is that I would really go with who I enjoy watching who i'm rooting for like i want the full package when i'm talking about the 50 best 
players of all time. Like I want them to be well-rounded, but somebody that I'm on this journey with, someone that like I'm invested in their storyline, someone that when they come back, oh, I want to see what they are going to do. And so not always is that a like someone that's won a gazillion seasons, but if I've seen them, they come back and like I'm really pushing for them to go and like I'm on the ride with them. I think that that's how like my heart, my little heart might make me want to rank someone a little bit higher because like I'm rooting for them. I want them to do well. I like seeing them on my screen. They, you know, they have the heart, they have the grit. Like I think they, they have to have more well-rounded, but with an emphasis on pulling on my heartstrings a bit. Not surprised by that at all, Chantal. You know, you are fiercely loyal <laughs> to the people that you love on this show. And um, I do think all of us maybe have a little bit of a different take on how we would rank this, which I think is what makes our dynamic such a fun one when we talk on podcasts, because we all have very different views. Sometimes we come in the middle together and we agree. Sometimes we, you know, I, I'm the one that's ignorant and brings something up like Rogan should be brought back and that's completely <laughs> off base. But, you know, um, if I had to look at the list myself and how I would probably put it together, it would definitely be um, legacy in regards to who are the people that changed the show the most? Like who are the people that really have this status above um, everyone else because they did something massive that shaped how the show has evolved over the years. Firstly, would probably be the most important one for me. Then secondly, I would look at it. Do I um, think like statistically this person has done better? You know, I am probably someone that leans a little bit more into the sport aspect of the show compared to like, even though I love the characters, um, I've had a long history of sports having, you know, done many a sports before. And I'm, I'm trying not to, in this podcast, talk about some of my own achievements in sport, like I have done in the past, but you know, based on that. Black in what? Uh... Yeah. World Championship <laughs> karate, who cares, you know, but in any case, so like I do put a lot of emphasis on people doing really good stuff and challenges, like how many daily wins, how many championships have someone won? What's the percentage of um, elimination wins, for instance? Like I like good statistics. So I would put that as something as well, but then also there probably in the next combination would be a little bit of an element. Are they a character that I hate or love? Um, do I feel something about this character? And if I don't feel anything about them, they'll be very low on my list. If I hate them or I love them, you know, the, I would probably always lean towards the people I love more higher on the list, unless their legacy, even though I hate them, is of such a nature that I can't ignore the fact that they should be on the mm-hmm. list. I'll put them on there. But I do like the yin and the yang of having a villain, having a hero out there, and sometimes having that lovable hero that everybody loves to hate. So those are all things that for me, I think would be very important if I came up with a list. And then um, to answer your question, Drew, I do think that in some shows you don't have to break up between men and women when you do top 50 lists. But I think the challenge is one of those shows where it definitely would play, um, I think should play a a role when we look at these uh, contestants, because the challenge has been unfair to female competitors at times where it's been a very male dominant show. Um, It has evolved over the years, but like with Survivor, the rules have never changed, right? So, you know, you could have won. In fact, we had our first female winner in season two of Survivor. Um, You could have won. And sometimes it's funny because we've evolved as a society, but in the early days of Survivor, there were way more female winners than what there is now, even though you would have thought that it would be more difficult back then. I felt like it's more of an equal playing field. So that's why I don't care so much when they rank men and women together on a Survivor top 50 list. But on the challenge, I think because of the history of the show and the way that they've done it, I would split it to have top 
50 women or top 50 men in this case yeah i think i would split it up as well just because you get more exposure with everybody because if you have a top 50 of women and top 50 of men it kind of gives you more of a way to give more more way to people i think we were just talking to um talking right before this that you were asking if there was a even split of 25 and 25 and i mean just looking at the top 10 you wouldn't even know it i mean it's 70 percent men and 30 percent women um so i think i would split it um while you were talking chris uh i was like going throughout my mind of how i would come at this because everybody knows i love excel sheets i love graphs i love trying <laughs> to figure out a way to do this and i'm not gonna lie there's been a few years that I've been trying to figure out, like, is there a mathematical way of being able to figure out the top ranking, just challenge competitors, like just trying to do it purely logical way. And I just don't think there is a way to do it. Um, But my, my thought process is the simple answer to this question is legacy. Uh, The most difficult answer. And I think is the right answer is like, I would be going through, all the wins, I would probably weight the solo wins over team wins and that kind of way pair wins would be in the middle. You have to take into account the cast on that season. You have to break down all the competitors that were either in the eliminations, on in the finals, how they were playing it. And it just can get really messy really quickly because that's what was going through my mind. I'm like, okay, you have to like break down it by cast, each person, how many seasons, what were their maybe I guess the easiest way would be placement of the the average placement of everybody that was on that cast or how many championships champions were on that cast. So, I mean, I really kind of want to do this, but I don't know if I want to like make myself go insane by doing this. Uh, it would take a, a long while to go through all the players that have ever been on the challenge to do this. And also, would you take into consideration like the group wins? You know what I mean? Like, so would you like change like the values? So like, you know, you won five championships, but like, or four, and but it was all with groups. And so would that be like, okay, that would be valued at one. But if you won a solo one, it would be valued at two. Like, is that how you would kind of have to do it? And just like give points for, oh, and if you got first place on a solo season, that's five points. But if you got first place on a group season, you get three points, like something like that. You almost have to do I I would almost do like a championship equals like a certain value. And then you take a percentage from like if it's a group win or well. And then also in that in that same factor, I was just thinking of Veronica while you were talking about that. All of her came from group wins, but one of her seasons didn't even have eliminations. I mean, the first four seasons of the show did not have eliminations at all. So where do you value that as someone who you're kind of just going through the game you get to do everything you have no worry of being voted off or eliminated what kind of win is that kind of thing um also there was vote off season so also what is that scenario kind of looking like as well um so yeah there's like so many different factors and I don't know. I feel like I would have to talk to mathematicians. I would have to get like a brain group together, a brain trust together to kind of like go over everybody and trying to figure out a mathematical way. I just I just don't think there is like a pure mathematical way you you can come at it. There has to be some level of like putting your own feelings into that. Like when it comes down to like certain players, once you hit like that 30 or 25, you're kind of like, okay, who 
really surpasses who if the numbers are so close in their resumes mm. like it would come down to who you deem is better in their legacy or had the most impact on the challenge i would think 100%. so i mean that's where it would where it would come in so that's Why my we're talking about this and it's and it's a, no it's a great idea i mean i did something less complex when I was in high school where I created um, a little program cause I did programming at school. I know nerd alert. Um, and I did this <laughs> thing where um, it basically took rankings for all the top rugby teams in the world. If they were to play against each other, it would rank them based on if it was at a home game an away game, what the point difference was like, it had a, a bit of math to it, but I think this would be even more complex than that. And I think to have something like that, where people could just spit someone's name in there and it will give a mathematical Formula? reason for them to be ranked somewhere will make it uh less subjective i guess it is still based on the math but you know it'll be harder to um go against it at the end of the day and i like the way that your brain is working and thinking about it i don't want to have that problem myself to solve um but it <laughs> make me think of something as well on this list we we didn't talk about who was ranked number one and two and I think that's probably the biggest debate of all. Like, do you guys agree with CT being <laughs> ranked as the GOAT and Johnny Bananas being ranked as second? I know that could be a whole podcast on its own. Um, Johnny Bananas is really trying to shift the GOAT status onto CT at the moment on his own podcast as well, doing a good job of it. And it looks like EW is agreeing with him. Uh, what do you guys think about that? That's what I expected. I expected it to be in that order. Oh, it's recency bias. Like, you know, we've, we've seen more of CT recently winning back to back. Like it just, it's just, he's been here. And so, um, yes, I think that Jonathan has a huge legacy. And like, if CT hadn't won this last season, maybe I'd be like, uh, Maybe Johnny should be ahead of CT here, but I think because he's won the most amount of money, he's had the most growth out of anybody, I'd say, on on the series, um, and he's had the most two most recent wins. I think that he deserves that spot. I, I wasn't surprised by it. Let's just say that I wasn't shocked by it. The gap is really close. CT has this like massive uh, hold on the audience. He is someone that has a CT train of just audience members that love him um he has a lot of iconic moments and he is someone to be feared and like Chantel said recency I think the recency is I think playing a big hand into Casey but also uh into CT where um he's won three of the last four challenges I mean that you can't scoff at that and majority of his wins came either in partners I think partners and one came yeah. in teams. I mean, he couldn't even win on a team back in the day when everybody's saying like, Oh, they were doing carnival games. Well, he couldn't win at the carnival games with, with his own team that had a lot of the players that are on this top 50 list. Um, so I think it's something impressive that he's been able to put together. Um, but I'm not surprised by CT winning this uh, at being at number one and bananas being at number two where bananas does have the most wins. Yeah. I think again, I would love to do a mathematical problem. Maybe, maybe during some of our talks, I mean, we are going to be working together. It seems like for a good bit of content coming out very soon in from May to the end of time, it seems like with all these <laughs> challenge spinoffs. Um, so maybe we can start putting together and putting like a different talk <laughs> to, um, to maybe putting together something of a top 50 list and mathematical ways and trying to look at it as the most judicial way, um, as well as putting maybe 
our own trust together. I feel like we are a good trio to do this. If you would take on the mantle and the fight with me, um, it's okay <laughs> of if you course. don't. Of course, <laughs> do it. it's true. Of course. We'll, we'll do anything you want. You know, um, I've been so much enjoying jumping on these challenge podcasts with you guys and your knowledge have for so long been that much better than mine because, you know, Drew, you watch these shows like crazy over and over. Every time I talk to Drew, he's like, I've just watched this season again for the third time or the fourth <laughs> time or the fifth time, you know, um, and I'm just trying to catch up. But, you know, I am doing my own deep dive into some of those earlier seasons and will continue to do so. So that'll definitely help with the older school players. But I think the thing that really um i kind of alluded to it really makes me enjoy this content is that we all have different opinions and we all have very different ways of looking at it and i think that um in some way i'm hoping that that the listeners to your show and to the nullify taken reality realness that they really um find one of us that they can agree with or disagree with i know it'll be tell 70 percent of the time who's lying everybody knows that she's the popular one but I'm hoping, you know, that we resonate with different level of fans that are watching this show because of it. I want to thank both Chris and Chantel for joining me for this podcast episode and this great discussion. I mean, we went we went a totally different routes that I thought we were going to go. And I love it. I love every time we get together, I get to talk about the show and talk about different players. And I knew that this would be the best topic for us to do because we've had these kind of topics and conversations off off screen, off the record, as the, as people would say, but I thought it would be fun to like, now that this list kind of went big and some challengers were talking about it, I just wanted to bring it up and kind of get where everybody's thoughts and uh, feelings were with this list and maybe maybe ask you to take on the what deem, what some would deem the impossible task of putting together a top 50 of, or top 100, I guess, <laughs> since it's we're splitting it up, um, a list of the biggest competitors. But now that it's on camera and on record, I'm holding <laughs> it to you. It's a contract. It's a verbal contract. Um, no. Thank you for joining me for this episode of the War of the Words podcast. Um, what do you guys have going on? Uh, where can it, people find you, uh, Chantel? What is what day is it today? <laughs> um, I'm still on Sundays at 5 p.m. Eastern talking with Ron about the week's episodes of Australian Survivor. Um, Monday, no, just kidding. <laughs> Monday, Wednesdays, and Thursdays, live after the episode talking about Big Brother Canada. Mondays, I will be live with Nerdtainment. Wednesday live only on my channel and Thursday sometimes doing collaborations. We'll see. Um, this particular Tuesday, I will be going um, live with Taryn and Melissa with Rob as a podcast doing their first round table where we'll be ranking, rating the players and doing the first stock watch. So that will be fun. And then I believe on Wednesday, on Thursday, I'll be doing a recap on the premiere episode of Survivor 42. I think that's all I got going on, but I might have forgotten something. That's it. I mean, that's that's it. That's all you got. <laughs> I think so that's it. <laughs> all right, Chris, what are you doing at the Nullified Take channel? Yeah, so the Nullified Take channel on YouTube and also all major podcasting platforms, Spotify, Google, Apple Podcasts. You can go listen to the audio versions if you prefer that. Uh, we are currently doing the Australian Survivor content. Uh, we also will be doing Survivor 42. I've just done my cast assessment uh, for the cast of Survivor 42 and also draft picks with my co-host Jake. So really looking forward to that. And 
because I'm an international person doing these reviews on USA shows. So if you want to listen to a different perspective on some of those USA shows and what does the rest of the world think about the shenanigans happening out there on US reality TV, um, I will be getting former castaways from the international Survivor version of the show coming onto my podcast to talk about Survivor US. So you'll get some additional insights from people who have been out there doing this before. Uh, I also just finished my interview with Lulu and Lala from uh, this season of The Amazing Race, which I've also recapped. Uh, I did ask them if they would be interested in coming on to the challenge and some other uh, potential tidbits. So if you want to go jump on there um, and listen to that, I think it's well worth the listen. It was so much fun talking to them. Um, and hopefully pretty soon I will have both Chantel and Drew back on my channel to recap uh, the next season of The Challenge All-Stars, which I think we're all looking forward to so uh yeah that's it not not much on my end either <laughs> <laughs> please go check out their channels if you have not uh check out Chantel on reality realness with three s's and chris on the nullified take channel they are some of the busiest people in reality tv <laughs> recaps reviews and putting out content um they put me to shame i only do a couple of videos now until the challenge starts really putting stuff out um, but thank you guys so much for joining me during this busy time. And uh, I had a great time chatting with you. Thank you so much. Take the money and run, teacher. Don't take care. Hope to see you never. <laughs>